podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. What is this? Another another truck pulling up to Daly's place. Hey, wait a minute. Oh my god. Wait just a minute. Jax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, FTR! What are they doing here? Well, I think they came to fight. <laughs> but who? Oh, I think I know who. Don't you think you know who? I think I know too. They have had a war of words with the Young Bucks for years. to play big time ball here in AEW. I don't think they care whose ass they whip. Big time shot, takes out Butcher, and now Blade getting set up. Teamwork. Dangerous teamwork. FTR with a spike pile driver on Blade. And now the attention turns back to where we think it was originally intended. We have seen, if you've been watching, being the elite, you have seen the letters FT. Oh, right. watch out. Butcher wanted some more, and he got some. Butcher and Blade have been decimated by FTR, and now. A standoff here between two great tag teams. FTR and the Young Bucks. In the eyes of many, including mine, a dream tag team scenario. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It is Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Yeah, you were just listening to us talk about Double or Nothing, and here we are with the Double or Nothing follow-up. So, uh, Nick was, uh, you were away on the weekend, so normally we try to squeeze in the pay-per-view recap as soon as possible. But was not the case for this particular show, so we are essentially just doing back-to-back shows. Uh, 
All right. But that's all right. I can never get enough AEW. So uh, (laughs) I say that. I say that. And here's the part where I tell you that I didn't watch Dark this week. And uh, (laughs) they did another. uh, They did like another mega episode. I think I looked at the. I saw the video on YouTube. It's like an hour and a half long. They did like 10 matches. And it's all matches. They did squashes. They, I don't think they were all squashes. Uh, they did the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver against the Natural Nightmares. So not a squash there. Uh, Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. So another not squash. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I mean, they weren't like super competitive matches, but you get the picture. Jungle Boy and Peter Avalon. Uh, they had Christopher Daniels versus Serpentico, which Pentico. is... Serpentico, which I believe is that masked fellow on the heel side of the the fan section during Dynamite episodes. Uh, I was wondering who that was because at first I thought that was Ophidian initially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just the mask seemed similar to me, and then as the show went on, I realized, oh, that's not him at all. <laughs> Serpentico, uh, Brady Pierce and John Schuyler against Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. And uh, what else did we have here? Uh, Sabian and Havoc against Tony Donati and Fabu Andre. Which, uh, best name in the biz. <laughs> in the battle of one, one, <laughs> one named people, Wardlow versus Grimm. <laughs> Colt Cabana, Lee Johnson. Clin King. Kill, killin' King? Killin' King against Penelope Ford. Uh, and the main event was Alan Angels and Sean Dean against Best Friends. So, uh, by the way, they got Match of the Night on Grapple, 3.06. Okay. So, that was your uh, that was your Match of the Night there. But we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite. This is the 34th episode of Dynamite, and this is the follow-up, the aftermath of Double or Nothing. And we open with a Double or Nothing recap, and then backstage outside of the arena the inner circle are lamenting their loss they bought a literal truck ton of victory shirts that (laughs) they cannot wear uh and this i think is a play off of the fact that uh any sports championship they make like you know merchandise for the other team uh they make merchandise for both teams but then only sell the merch well, I always wonder what happens. I think somebody did a story once on what happens yeah. to the merchandise for like the team that doesn't win. So somewhere in like uh, in like Central Africa or something, there's a bunch of people wearing, you know, like Super Bowl shirts from the team that didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Someone's uh, got like 95. Yeah, like Yugoslavia. Shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody is wearing a 2006 Detroit Tigers World Series championship T-shirt. And uh, quite frankly, I want one of those, even though they didn't win. Uh, But that was hilarious. And Ortiz is shouting because, of course, he is still selling the the bell ringing from the stadium uh, stampede match. So he's screaming uh, constantly. Uh, 
The announcers run down the card for the evening, and then we go into our opener. Joey Janela and Private Party against the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy. There's a promo backstage where the Young Bucks uh, request that they get an older version of Matt Hardy tonight. And he comes back as Team Extreme Matt, and they're like, no, 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 older than that. And he comes back in what I can only presume is Omega Matt Hardy from uh, prior to the WWF days. Uh, this match is all Bucks running through all three opponents early on, but some great triple teams give Private Party the advantage. Nick avoids the silly string and an errant super kick on the outside, hits Blade, Butcher and the Blade are in the audience, and Blade gets hit with a, a missed super kick, so Butcher grabs Nick, starts beating on him, Matt fights them off, and the match continues, but it will, won't be the last we see of Butcher and the Blade uh, in this match. A slingshot destroyer by Nick and Isaiah Cassidy. Matt gets the hot tag. He's a house of fire. He wipes out everybody. Uh, and by Matt, I mean Matt Hardy, not Matt Jackson. And he does this moonsault onto all three of them simultaneously. Gets a two count. After some dives, Private Party managed to regain control for their team momentarily. But the Young Bucks make a quick comeback. Hit more bang for your buck and win. Uh, before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of the main body of the opener? Uh, this was an awesome match. Uh, I mean, the Bucks and Private Party are always going to deliver. They throw Matt Hardy and Janela in that, and it's awesome. Um, I was going to say that I'm a, I am a member of the Major Wrestling Figure podcast friend group, I would say, on Facebook. Yeah. And Kurt Hawkins actually made a joke because uh, the Atari that – the Atari, the attire that Matt Hardy was wearing, they've actually made an action figure out of before, and he uh, now predicts that that figure's going to go way up in value just because it made a new appearance <laughs> on television. Um, that made me laugh. Um, yeah, um, did you notice that right off the bat, apparently AEW's got some new sponsorship deal or uh, deal through TNT with uh, HBO Max because oh, the yeah. whole ring was purple, you know? Yeah, they had uh, I mean, it's not, I mean, it is they're pushing it, but um, HBO is owned by Time Warner, so um, that would that makes sense. So TNT and HBO and TBS, and they're all kind of partners in this. So mm-hmm. it's not surprising that they were pushing it, but they were pushing HBO Max hard. It was on the ring post, it was on the apron, it was on the guardrail, uh, and they plugged it twice during the course of the show as well. So it's... It was weird to see. Like, I think we've only ever other seen this like one other time with Rick and Morty, maybe. Yeah, they did. They did the corner post. They did the Rick and Morty tie-in. Yes. Um, the only other time I really seen anything similar to this was at uh, Fighter Fest when they had the tie-in with the CEO Gaming uh, Expo, but that's about it. I thought it was weird that you know all the corner posts were all HBO logos and one that said now streaming or something like that. Yes. I'm like, you don't even get one AEW one? That's going a bit far, I think. <laughs> they're really they're um, really pushing her. Maybe they're getting some big money for this HBO Max push. So Maybe. I, I mean, it worked. I, I am checking it out and it does have the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on it, so there you go. It sure does. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I think this was actually my favorite match of the show. Just mm-hmm. tons of great flippy spot monkey action. Same. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't quite go as high as you, but I enjoyed it. It was my match of the show uh, for sure, easily. I gave it a three, and Ooh. Grapple went 2.96. Okay. Hey, that's not bad. Not oh. bad at all. So, 
post-match, uh, Matt Hardy is helping uh, Mark Quinn along with referee Rick Knox. Uh, he's They're helping Mark Quinn because it looks like he's been injured. But this is all just a convenient excuse to get everybody out of the ring except for the Young Bucks, who are still celebrating when they are attacked by Butcher and Blade. And then a truck pulls up. They just This is just wide open to the public, isn't it? This is like the second time now on Dynamite a, a vehicle has just pulled up and somebody has gotten out and walked right into the arena. Uh, I guess that's what you get for doing shows in an outdoor amphitheater. Uh, and, Not very pandemic safe, just saying. No, it is not. The doors swing open and out come Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. You know who that is, right? It's well, of a, course. It's FTR. Uh, FTR, my it's, favorite team. It's Fuck the Revival. They are here. Yeah. Forever uh, the Revival. Forever the Revival. Forever I mean, sure, that's what it stands for. Uh, <laughs> and they come out. Uh, and by the way, I, was this just me? Or did the audience seem, maybe they had more people again, but they sounded very loud this week. Yes, Al- they did. Almost like a normal, almost like a normal crowd. They were very, very boisterous this week. Um, so anyway, uh, FTR, they get into the ring and fully expecting them to attack the Bucks, but they don't. They save them. They attack Butcher and Blade. Instead, they hit a spike pile driver. They hit the Shatter Machine, which I don't know if they own the trademark to, but I heard that they were trying to file for it, so maybe that's what they'll continue to call it. And then they stare down the Bucks, and when the Bucks go in to maybe offer a handshake, FTR turn their backs and walk out. So... Yeah, what did, what did you think of the big debut of the former Revival in AEW? Um, I cannot wait for this match. Yeah. Uh, I hope we don't have to wait all the way to All Out um, because this <laughs> this is a dream match. Like mm-hmm. Two of the best tag teams. I love the Revival. I've traveled all the way to Canada to see them take on uh, Gargano and Ciampa. You know, oh, they're... wait, hold on. Pause, pause the podcast, Nick. Are you telling me you went to that takeover in Canada where they won the belts that match was fucking awesome that was the main reason I went I, Holy I, shit. And I didn't even I didn't even stay for Survivor Series we left as soon as the show was over and God, that match that match was tremendous but okay that, thank you for clarifying that I'm jealous of you but continue with your thoughts that's what I'm saying I'm that big of a fan I have revival action figures in my house you know like I cannot wait for this. This is huge news. So yeah, they're awesome. No AEW. That was a big surprise. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I wasn't too surprised that they show. I mean, I'm surprised they showed up here, but I'm not mm-hmm. surprised that they signed with AEW uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I thought they wouldn't be picked up by someone so quickly. I figured maybe get around, go to a couple different places, but it seems that people can jump in and out of AEW. So maybe they're here for contract. Maybe they're here temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did get the uh, they did get the FTR is all elite graphic on Twitter. Oh, really? So okay. they may have, they may have in fact signed for sure. Uh, Brian Cage and Lee Johnson. So Cage just murders this guy. It gives him this brutal German. Holy shit! He dumped this man on his head. Uh, buckle bomb, drill claw. That's the match. Post match. Uh, oh, we should note that Moxley is on commentary. John Moxley made this his full entrance and came out and talked for a little bit about Brian Cage and um, how this year's been such a weird and unexpected year, and it continues to be, but he's ready to have fun with it, and he's excited for the match with Brian Cage. 
And uh, afterwards, Taz gets on the mic, says he respects Mox, but Cage is a machine. He wants Moxley to bring his grit and his determination and bring his heart because Cage is going to reach into his chest and pull it out. Like in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is where my, that's where my head went to. Uh, Kalima! But uh, he did, uh, he also is bestowing his survive if you can, or beat me if you can, survive if I let you catchphrase to Brian Cage. Um, And we did hear mean, angry Taz in, in the promo. So what did you think of the match? What did you think of the promo? All that good stuff wasn't much of a match, but nothing offensive happened. Brian Cage absolutely destroyed uh, Lee Johnson, and uh, it was a great little showcase for him. Um, I did get a laugh out of uh, Mox asking JR to get a Moscow mule. The, uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's and, and something that just crossed my mind that I didn't think to mention when we did the pay-per-view episode. Mm. Did you notice that Mox's attire for the pay-per-view what is it with this jacket that's like two sizes too big for him? Like I don't know. It seemed like he had his dad's jacket or something. He's a little kid. Like he needs a little breathing like, space. Just, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's weird. <laughs> um, but I thought this was worthy of a one point five. It was good stuff, you know, as far yeah. as a squash goes. Uh, I went I went ahead and gave it two, uh, just because of how brutal it was. Uh, mm. Cages that German's gonna kill somebody. Holy crap! Like, yeah. he wants this dude. Oh, my God. Uh, Grapple gave it a 1.62. Uh, any thoughts on the Taz promo after? Are you uh, are you excited for this John Moxley-Brian Cage match? I think I'm pretty excited for this. I think it's going to be the first match that... First big match, I, I would say, of Mox's title reign because mm-hmm. you didn't build up Brody Lee that much, although I was excited for the match. Yeah. And who cares about Jack Swagger? Like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Uh, although Hager was awesome later in the show, but I thought yes. anyway, we'll get to that. But uh, the thing that I thought was maybe the best thing on the show, Britt Baker comes out in a wheelchair and has Tony Schiavone host the role model class segment. Rule number three is don't hurt the role model. <laughs> and Britt has gone full conspiracy theory mode. <laughs> she has like uh on the screen at, at first on the screen she has uh, a picture of where she was injured but it's clearly like one of these spider web boards of like connective tissue leading from one theory to another theory uh and we get to see the whole board later on but she uh she flips the page over and there's a picture of chris statlander uh and she says statlander being an alien is a crock of shit she's a conspirator <laughs> Uh, they flip a page and there's Hikaru Shida. She says Shida broke her nose. She's a fraudulent champion. She's a conspirator. Nyla Rose is a graceful competitor and always in control, but somehow she couldn't avoid her fragile knee in this match. She's a conspirator. She brings out this board, which she calls a web of evils. Uh, and she says that it all connects to referee Aubrey Edwards. <laughs> and that she's always around when something bad happens to Brit. Even when Brit broke her nose, Aubrey was somewhere. Right? <laughs> yes. God. This was this was awesome. Brit Baker rules. She says she'll be back at all out. I like dude, I would have never imagined liking Brit Baker so much when this promotion started. But holy shit, that, this was awesome. 
It was fantastic. Britt has become one of the best characters on the show. She is yep. hilarious. And did you notice her wheelchair says role, role mo- model? model. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Mom jokes. Oh. Uh, she's the best. Uh, all right. So Jericho in the, with the inner circle is backstage with Marvez. Tells him to shut his ass, as always. Uh, puts over the pep rally they're having tonight to boost the spirit of the inner circle when Orange Cassidy strolls through the interview, and this angers Jericho. And he seems to vow revenge, uh, which is uh, sort of enacted on later. Christy Janes versus the new AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida. So... Uh, Jane's finished. Uh, she feigns being nice essentially to get a one up on Sheeta. Uh, she hits this really nice lucha arm drag. Sheeta fires back quickly, but Jane's cuts her off with a nice step up. Enzigiri misses a Cabrata. Uh, Sheeta hits her with a couple of knees, but that is not enough to put her down. So Sheeta grabs her, does the deal, hits the Falcon Arrow, and gets the win. Um, so this was a. Uh, I don't even know if you'd call it a competitive squash because Jane's looked really good. Maybe you could really? call it a competitive squash. It was it wasn't really long, but Christy Jane's I thought looked really good in this match. What did you think of uh, Sheeta and Jane's? So I I agree that I think it was actually a pretty fun match, and I think that Christy got a great showcase here. Mm-hmm. But I'm bothered by the fact that that's at the expense of the new women's champion who was just crowned. Yes. Um, I'm kind of frustrated that he didn't give Sheeta or feed someone to Sheeta. Like that makes more sense to me. And maybe that's predictable, but mm. I, I kind of just sat here going, why is Sheeta getting her ass kicked for 80% of this match? I don't like that. That makes the champion look weak to me. Yeah. Um, that, that seems like some WWF crap they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's a bummer because I think Christy Jane is, um, going to be a hell of a talent like she had a good exhibition out there she did a great job but i ended up giving this a 1.25 just because i was kind of frustrated by the booking and what was going on there yeah um i i totally see where you're coming from um i i think this is another case of aew not looking at their enhancement talent as enhancement talent but rather as uh trained professional athletes who on any given day could maybe get that three count or something, um, but they're not as experienced and they're not as good, but they're also not jokes. But you're right. I think maybe she got perhaps a little too much in on Sheeta, mm-hmm. but that's also Sheeta's thing, I guess, is that she just takes punishment, takes punishment, takes punishment, and then comes back and wins. But I don't think you can always do that. Uh, I went average with this one. I went two and a half. I thought Jane's was impressive, and I hope she gets more looks in the future grapple uh 2.16 so they thought less of it than i did uh but a little more than you uh up next we get a cody promo so uh he comes out with the tnt championship it looks the same as it did on the pay-per-view so that's kind of a bummer i don't know maybe we'll get used to it uh, cody says tom brady is his favorite football player not because he's from the new england area but because he wasn't the first picked When Tony Khan thinks of AEW, the best in-ring product in the world, he wasn't thinking of Cody. He wasn't the first one called, but he's here. He's the champion. Says that uh, his story was of somebody being called up when they weren't ready, could barely run the ropes. He didn't get Dusty's jeans. That all went to Dustin. But 
He also had another teacher and his mom who taught him everything he knows about grit and that talent only takes you so far and that he will outwork anybody. Says that uh, the TNT championship will get defended every week. Then says wrestling with, uh, then says that, uh, you know, wrestling during this time, the pandemic era, wrestling is without its fans, but you all bought the pay per view, blew away projections. He asked the fans to follow him, and this is where the fun begins. Another great promo from Cody. What did you think? Excellent promo. And uh, I'm excited to see the TNT title get defended weekly. I think mm-hmm. it's really going to set itself apart from the other title, the yep. world title. Yep. And I like that. I like a little distinction. I like it being more the competitive title that you have to be willing to fight every week to keep it. Yep. Um. Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc against SCU. Winners get a shot at the tag team titles next week, and the winners of that match will face best friends at Fighter Fest for the titles. Uh, the heels jump uh, jump SCU before the bell, but SCU regains control fairly quickly, and it's all SCU from that point forward. Uh, eventually, Kip Sabian, through some nefarious means, finally gives his team the advantage. They control SCU throughout the break. Uh, hot tag to Scorpio Sky. He runs wild, but Havoc cuts him off. Uh, they hit a rolling DVD double stomp combo off the top rope, but that gets a two. SCU makes another comeback. Hits a great double team swinging DDT for a two. They go for SCU later, but it is it is uh, halted by Penelope Ford, who grabs a hold of Kazarian's boot. And uh, Havoc and Sabian hit this combo dropkick Michinoku driver for the upset victory. Sabian and Havoc get a shot at the tag titles next week. Nick, what did you think? I thought this was some great tag action, and uh, I am excited to see a new team in the tag division getting a shot at the belts. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was a big surprise to see Kip and Havoc get the win here, but a welcomed one. And I was initially confused because I thought right away um, Best Friends were going to get a title shot, but they clarified later they're getting a title shot at Fighter Fest, I believe. Yes. Um, So I'm good with that. That makes uh, next next week's episode a double title show that's gonna be fun yeah, two title matches on one show yep sure um i gave this one two and a half and i just thought it was a solid tag match yeah i thought this was really solid too uh was surprised to see sabian and havoc win and i think they're clearly just the you know the tune-up match for page sure. and omega but mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to see what they can pull out uh i think it'll be a pretty good match and i went two and three quarters Grapple okay. agreed with you, though, sir. They gave it 2.58. Uh, after the tag match, MJF puts himself over. It's a backstage interview. Uh, he's un- been undefeated for over a year. Alludes to Cody potentially being the one keeping him from getting a title match. Uh, noting somebody in the hierarchy of AEW doesn't like him. Uh, says Wardlow's in the Battle Royal with him tonight and intimates that Wardlow would voluntarily lose if they were the last two. Wardlow looks like he's going to protest. MJF gets in his face, uh, but then quickly says he's kidding. Maybe some cracks forming in this uh, this duo already. Uh, then we got a Battle Royal, our main event match of the evening. Winner faces Cody next week for the TNT Championship. I think I got everybody, so here's the list. Uh, Christopher Daniels, Colt Cabana, Luther, Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, Peter Avalon, MJF, Wardlow, Sonny Kiss, Brandon Cutler, Billy Gunn, and Orange Cassidy was to be the last man out, but he was 
attacked from behind by Santana and Ortiz. Uh, I didn't take a lot of notes on this. Here's what I did take notes on. Uh, Luther was murdered by Luchasaurus, choke slammed over the top rope onto the apron, and he landed right on the corner of the apron. So that sucked. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but Jim Ross referred to Sonny Kiss as both her and she. What? Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> he yes. accidentally referred to Sunny Kiss as both her and she. So, <laughs> Jim, the old Jim Ross is back, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we missed him, not really. Uh <laughs> Uh, the uh, the final four MJF, Wardlow, and Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy who uh, I guess just laid there the whole match and then got in. He still exists. Uh, MJF goes to hit the, uh, the diamond ring punch on Orange Cassidy but accidentally hits Wardlow. The faces eliminate the heels and it's Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy are the last two left. They go back and forth for a minute with Jungle Boy eventually hitting a leaping Hurricane Rana that takes Orange Cassidy over the top rope to the outside and Jungle Boy wins. He faces Cody for the TNT Championship next week. Nick, what did you think? I think the right man won. I think yes. uh, this is how Jungle Boy gets to bounce back. He gets MJF eliminated and he gets a title shot. Yep. And that's just going to piss MJF <laughs> off more. Yeah, I think that um, was great. Dude, it... it I was like confused as to who was going to get this because I thought it's way too early to do MJF Cody too. And he seemed like the natural guy to win this until we got into the match. And I'm like, Oh, jungle boys in there. He could win it or, yep. uh, or he'd be my other choice. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the part in the match where Marco attempted to toss, toss Luchasaurus over? Oh yes. He just <laughs> grabs his leg. I thought he was just hugging his leg at first, but then I'm like, Oh no, he's trying to hurl him over the top rope. And Luchasaurus is like, what are you doing? Exactly. What's your problem? And he's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, just he got lost in the moment. And uh, I noticed that Colt Cabana got an offer to join the Dark Order as well. Oh, yes. I forgot to note that. They're the Dark Order people were sitting at ringside. And Colt Cabana, after being tossed out by Billy Gunn, and actually quite an impressive spot uh, hmm. where Billy Gunn literally just had him in a waist lock and lifted him up over the top rope and tossed him out, which was, wow. Uh because Cabana is not a small guy. Uh, yeah, he was offered uh, a recruitment sheet by the Dark Order and didn't seem to say no right off the bat. So I thought that was genius. I'm like, they should be handing them out to every person that gets eliminated. That gets thrown out. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what, um, did, what did you give it? As far as Battle Royals go, I thought this was very entertaining, well-booked. I gave it a three. Oh, okay. See, I, as far as Battle Royals go, I thought this was average and give it a two and a half but okay. um, I mean it was fine it was fine for what it was I, I really enjoyed the I mean the best thing really is and then they really won't touch on this until next week but the best thing really is uh, MJF getting uh, getting his after beating Jungle Boy uh, and this is a really good way for Jungle Boy to get something back on him because he's not pinning him but he did eliminate him and he's now getting a title match so I think these are all things that, that worked really well. Uh, and then they told us about the two title matches for next week. And then we got the inner circle pep rally. Jericho says that it has been a rough couple of days, but like five sexy phoenixes, they will rise again. I thought that <laughs> line was great. They gave out the useless shirts to the crowd. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Sammy Gravara. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sammy Gravara had participation trophies for everybody that said, like, world's greatest dad jokes or something. I don't know. Um, and he's like, it's a pandemic. It's not easy to get trophies. Uh, uh, another Puerto Rican gift ba- uh, basket from Santana and Ortiz. Uh, a picture of Mark Anthony for Chris Jericho and some discount Timberlands for Jake Hager. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think they had sandwiches. Like chop- I think he said chopped cheese or something like that. I don't know if you caught this, but Excalibur goes, yurt. No, I didn't. I, I'm laughing so hard. Sammy Guevara, Jericho's like, Sammy, you don't need to use those crutches anymore. I got you a scooter uh, that says it says the Hit Me Up Mobile on it. And Sammy was going yeah. around on that. And Jake Hager wrote a poem that was actually very funny. Uh, and it sort of ended with him just going on a rant that no longer rhymed. And they had to calm him down. And after he's calmed down, he just goes, the end. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was awesome. He was mm-hmm. great. Um, and then Sammy's like, Chris, uh, all of these gifts and stuff are great, but what do you really want? And Jericho says what he really wants is Mike Tyson's head on a platter because he remembers an angle on Monday Night Raw from years ago where Tyson turned his back on Jericho and knocked him out, and he's wanted revenge ever since. Uh, and Mike Tyson is there. He comes out with like Henry Cejudo and uh, Vitor Belfort. Somebody told me that the weird ass dude who looked kind of out of shape, like he was homeless and had makeup on his face, was one of the MMA guys. Did you? How could I was gonna say? Did you notice this guy? But how could you not notice him? Because he was right. like next to Tyson the whole time, and he looked like a guy filming a scene for Jackass. Like, I was like, what, what is this? Um, Jericho demands an apology for being knocked out. And, uh, Tyson tries to rip off his shirt. Tyson's just fucking weird. He's like making faces at him and flexing in his face and making noises. And then Nick, what do we get? Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin. It's the exact same thing. And I wrote here. What this segment really needed was Tony Khan coming out and screaming, you ruined it. Uh, (laughs) That's what we really needed with Jericho flipping off Tony Khan. I just wanted them to remake this scene from Monday Night Raw and the Attitude Era with Tyson and Steve Austin. That's all I wanted to see, but they didn't do it. Uh, What did you think of the ending segment? Uh, There's a pull apart, of course, Uh, and perhaps they're teasing some sort of match between these two i have no idea but what what did you think i could see it being a team match i could see that happening i hope it leads to something because otherwise it's just random like are we just done with the elite and inner circle or is this just a minor detour uh Uh, i think a detour oh yeah i would say we got us um but I, I was a big fan of Vicky Guerrero giving them the introductions. Oh, yeah, I passed uh, over that as well, yes. Yeah. Her uh, her lower third graphic said, get your earplugs ready. Uh, that, was funny. <laughs> that was funny. And um, I, I just want to say, I think um, Ortiz is, like, one of the funniest background characters because while Jericho is talking and everyone's doing anything, he's just back there eating one of the sandwiches, just making faces and stuff. Yes, he rules. Um, 
He does. He is the best. Um, I will say Hager poem caught me by surprise. <laughs> this has been like the most entertaining I've ever seen Jack Swagger. Yes. And uh, and it's welcome. Please, more of this. <laughs> Do a poem gimmick. I don't care. <laughs> yes, the warrior poet, Jake Hager. <laughs> Give me that. And did you know- Give me that. And did you notice that I would say the first time I've ever seen Jericho crack on Sammy when he got mad about the uh, the, the tray and the bubbly, uh, the cheese yeah. platter? Yes. I was yes. like, oh, he always treats him with such respect, but he's like, you, you had one job, Sammy. And he was kind of acting like he's really mean boss or something. Um, yes. The funny thing is, is that the cheese platter had been sitting out the whole time wide open. Like, yeah. they, like it, it was there empty practically. And I'm like, that looks like a pretty shitty party, but all right. Um, also, Jericho yelling, I'm going to get you, Tyson. Yes. <laughs> Tyson. Uh, so good. Uh, another fun episode. It was, it was entertaining. Um, it didn't need the Mike Tyson bit, but I, I laugh every time you get the inner circle out there and have them do something silly. They're remarkably entertaining. Yes. Um, all right, man. So uh, that's the episode for this week. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring Cody defending his TNT championship for the first time against Jungle Boy. Yeah. All day, all night, all my 